Welcome back to Enlighten Up. You're listening to episode 19, Dream Interpretations and Hidden Messages with Jim Derricks. We are so excited to have Jim back with us. And if you haven't had a chance already, we highly recommend you go back and listen to episode seven with Jim as he tells us his very colorful life story that takes twists and turns unlike any movie you have ever watched. I am not joking. It is worth a good listen. So if you want, go back and listen to that episode first because it'll give you a really good idea as to who Jim is and why he's able to do the dream interpretation that he's going to do on this very show. But before we get into that, we want to let you know that Jim Derrick's charging systems and clean transportation for the electrical vehicle market is taking off and he's had some incredible progress. So we're going to leave some links to that in the show notes below if you want to take a look at that. And uh, we are cheering him on because as you know, his main goal is to stop human trafficking. And with the funds from this business, he is going to be able to fund his invention to stop human trafficking. So we are standing behind you, Jim, and we applaud you and cheer you on. So now into the episode, dream interpretation, hidden messages. Yes, Jim's going to tell us what's going on. You've all sent in some of your dreams and we've chosen two dreams to be read on the air and interpreted by Jim. So let's get into the episode and find out what Jim had to say about that. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. You're listening to episode 19 and I am... One of your co-hosts, Nicole Frolic, and I am here in the flesh with Michael Ronain, who's visiting us in Denver right now. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I'm also here with Lisa Watson. Lisa, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And we have our very special and friendly guest, Jim Derricks, visiting us back again. He's going to be discussing dreams. We're going to do a little dream analysis and uh, see what he has to say as some of you have sent in your dreams to us and we're excited to share them and see what Jim has to say. Jim, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing okay, Nicole. And uh, hopefully I'm up for the challenge today. (laughs) We know you are. We know you are. Thanks so much for joining us again. We loved having you on last time and we had really positive uh, response to that show. So thanks for being back. Appreciate it. No, I, I really like uh, being on here with you guys. You guys are uh, really good for me, too, to sort of test stuff out and share stuff with you all like last time and not be considered crazy. I like that. <laughs> yeah, Lisa, <clears throat> yeah, you're on the right show for that. Yeah, Lisa and I know how you feel. <laughs> Almost like an AA group, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Jim, before we get into everything, last time we left off with you, which for anyone who's listening to the show and is new and hasn't listened in, you can go back and listen to episode number seven uh, with Jim, and he gives us his life story on how he got to where he is, all of the incredible things that have happened to him. Uh, but last time you left off that you were working on a uh, electric vehicle solution to enhance battery performance, I guess, charging, taking away the charging uh, hassles. How's that all going? Oh, we've grown leaps and bounds in the last four months. It's unbelievable Uh, in in everything. So we've uh, solved the problem that we had on our L-loop, which, again, uh, um, 
uh, has an auxiliary battery system that's built into the car and an inverter, and, and then it recharges the uh, lithium-ion batteries and lead. That's what's called the L-loop, lead to lithium-ion power loop. And then that, um, then the next version of that is to be able to take that along with us and be able to low-cost charge um, electric vehicles also. So if they have my L-loop kit, then the next progression, see, is to be able to set up a uh, charging network, at least right, right here in the Midwest from Omaha to the Quad Cities here before the spring starts of 2018. And then they just need the power source. They just have to plug into like an RV power cord. And then that also recharges the car compared to having to go to one of them uh, regular places like they got it now that are like $12,000 a piece and, and all that. So you'd be able to fill up both the lead batteries and the lithium batteries when you're at the RV park charging hardware stuff. And then you'd be able to, you'd be able to compare to just going local with their LU. Now you'd be able to take your electric vehicle cross country and still not running out of places to charge. Since my car isn't a Tesla, um, I'm limited too, because about half of the charging stations you see out there that are public are uh, Tesla only. And my hardware, my plug is different, so I can't use theirs. So it sort of really limits you, but this way you'd be able to use um, the power grid as it is that's already set up to handle 50 amps to 240 volts and, and all that. But so basically we're going to have a low-cost charging network that will be able to take the L-loop kits and have the extra plug kit and be able to go down the road with that and be able to charge it 550,000 new places that you can't right now. That's incredible. We are so excited for you, and I'm so happy. I know well, we are all so happy that you've been able to make so much progress just in the last couple of months since you were last on our show. Yes, and then we're also um, in August. I think when we was on your show, like the first week of August, wasn't I? Yeah. We recorded this the first or second or third or something, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, because the second or third week of August, I get a phone call – that just floored me that I had invested like $3,000 in this little like quarter of a page ad um, for this uh, international electric vehicle thing. And then out of that, somebody in Brussels, Belgium, where the, where the European union headquarters is, um, saw my little ad and said, this is what we need over here in Europe. And that this would be a game changer for Europe to, you know, the biggest thing I solve is the pain of range anxiety because when these electric vehicles um, are charged up at your house, well, when the lithium-ion batteries run out, um, you're going to have to call a tow truck or something or bring a portable generator alongside and recharge it or something. <laughs> but but that's, that's the hardest thing. You know, there's a gas station on every corner, but there isn't a charging station on every corner. Like in the city that's where my office is, it's in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And there's only, I think, um, nine or ten of the chargers for these cars. And, again, half of them are Tesla. So I only have five places to go to, and none of them are anywhere near my office. They're miles away. So to go to work, that's why I created this L-loop. Again, the lithium and lead-acid batteries in the car charge up at home at night. The lithium power gets you to work, and then you pull out the cord and plug it into the lithium power charge port and it exports the lead acid power that's so much cheaper into the lithium so you can fill up again. So if a car got 50 to 60 miles with all the range my Ford Focus gets by itself, 
then it now can get um, 110 to 120 miles. And, and that alleviates a lot of trying to find a charging place because even if you had to go 20 or 30 miles, if you was out at the other end, you could find a place to charge up. Yeah. Or now you can plug in the RV park plug in. And then we're going to sell credit card reader charger things that will go up everywhere along the interstate. And then people can pull in and pay for their electricity and get going down the road. And it also be used for RVs as well because a lot it'd still be cheaper if I charge like $10 for five hours or something than it would be for them to run their generator and burn the gasoline they would to keep comfortable. Because this will solve that problem too. And it will electrify the whole interstate system this way. Well, this just all sounds so exciting, and we're just we're just so excited we yeah. know you. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you guys supporting all this, too. And, um, well, you know, and don't think it's been an easy two or three months on either, but going back to that thing in Europe, um, this magazine goes out, or this research journal goes out to, like, 200,000 people, and they chose our little company in Iowa to be the inspiration for this episode of their or journal. So they put... Uh, inspired by me too on the front cover. Oh, I love thing. it. That's so cool. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. I mean, who would have did that, right? And and then uh, then they gave me a four-page article inside as well, and um, uh, that's going to print I think um, next week, and so we should know for that by November. But think of that, right? I literally the night before that I got this call. I prayed over my invention. I said, God, what's the holdup? I want to get onto this um, human trafficking sensor to stop that. And I said, but I know I got to get through this first. So can you promote this product and make it work? And then out of the blue, the next day I get this call from this guy in the European Union that's <laughs> in the intersection of it too. I mean, their company is, and they know everything that's going on there. And then they put me on the front cover of their thing. That's so cool. So I knew that I was supposed to be doing what I'm doing and, as long as I don't quit, there's not a force in this earth that can stop what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, your uh, stories are endless, and I'm starting to um, just accept them as normal, you know? Like, it's just normal that these little miracles happen for you all the time. <laughs> so we're really, yeah. really excited for you, and we're going to keep up with the progress, and um, we'll leave a link for everyone the article okay. that's coming out next week uh, that's going to be published uh, in the magazine, The Four Page Spread. So if anyone wants to take a look at Jim's work and what he's doing to make this world um, a better place, uh, we'll leave that in the show notes below. But let's get into the dreams yeah. part. So, you know, dreams, Jim, you know, there's some people who just think dreams are dreams and they don't mean anything. Uh, and then yeah. there are people who believe that there there's messages behind our dreams. And then there's people who also believe that our dreams are actually very real. It's just another dimension that our consciousness is living out um, just outside of our physical body. What are your thoughts right. on all of that? Um, I think that maybe not every single dream is prolific or important. But I believe it still comes from the other world. And because your mind, actually, if you look at this, Nicole, right, and, and, uh, and everybody, is, um, it's got two hemispheres. Have you ever noticed that, right? Your yeah. Right and left brain we was talking about, right? Because that's the convergent zone between the physical world and the spiritual world. That's why it is that way. It's sort of like a go-between, between both. And 
So your mind is actually part spirit and part physical at the same time. It's a brain, but it's also um, activated through the spirit as well because the spirit can control the mind, which then can control the body. And in certain senses, but that's why I think we're two hemispheres. Again, the one on the right side is the intuitive part, the creative part, and the one on the other side is the real world rational part, right? And so that's where I think the gateway is between the spirit world and the physical world is through your mind, actually. Yeah. Because it can be controlled by both. Yeah. And And, our uh, pineal gland sits right in the center of the two hemispheres. Oh, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and our pineal gland is kind of our gateway into the spiritual realm. That's where uh, we get our visions um, through the DMT oh. release and all of that. Right. So uh, Michael's been taking a supplement for enhanced dreams. Why don't you tell people about it? <clears throat> well, after yes. – Yeah, if, if you want to look what's, – what's the podcast that we did, the pineal gland? Oh, that's with Heather Sartain, episode 10. Yeah, so Jim, if you want to check that out, it was actually quite interesting. And so ever since okay. that podcast, I really wanted to try to figure out a way to basically detox your pineal gland because most of us, it becomes very calcified by around age 17. Um, so, so I've been taking like this like a skate liver oil, which is a fish, uh, to help, yeah. supposedly help uh, detox and decalcify the pineal gland. And ever since then, yeah, my goodness, the dreams have been vivid and very interesting, almost to the point where I'm like looking forward to going to sleep, like I'm looking forward to watching a new TV show that I, I'm looking forward to. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? That must be also, again, the diet plus the supplement I, at the same time. Maybe. I agree. Because I've always had been, uh, even before the supplement or the, the, the oil, I've always had crazy dreams, cool dreams there that have like twists or dreams that make me like literally laugh because I didn't get, yeah. I mean the, the, I didn't know what the joke was at the end or the ending of the joke. And then it finally, it came through. It's like, and I wake up and I'm like, how the heck does my brain trick my brain? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like keep, like keep things from me until the end. Like it's a, like, a, like actually a, it is a TV show. Um, and yeah. so I'm always been fascinated by that, which, which when you said that you, uh, interpret dreams. I'm like that. Really, is something that's very interesting. So I'm super happy that you're on today, for sure. Yeah, it, it's just like Joseph in the Old Testament, right? He was a businessman and marketplace guy and government. But what he, what his gift was, was also being able to interpret dreams. Just like with what I'm doing now, you guys. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know it. I can't put it any different way than that. It's like. It's like almost when I want to learn something, it's like infinite intelligence. I just know. I don't know how I know, but I know, and it's right. And I think that goes back to the the beginning of all knowledge and wisdom says is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So it must be something with that. It's just a God-given gift because with my past, I bet my brain, if you put it under MRI, still looks like Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, what are your thoughts on uh, the whole dream analysis and dreams being real versus not? Uh, well, I, I have vivid dreams and like Michael is now, I love going to sleep just to dream. (laughs) And, um, sometimes they're, I'm really able to remember them. And other times it's a little bit harder. The past couple days have been really good for me, which is nice. And I've been better about recording them when I wake up and 
I just grab my phone and I do a voice recording of it, which is funny because I've been listening to it like the next afternoon and I don't remember saying it. So I'm really glad I've been doing that. But that sounds like a good idea. I might start doing that myself. Yeah. And then I also decided just to keep one dream journal because I sometimes I type them out on my notes in my phone or I write them in my journal and they're kind of spread all over. And I thought, I think I'll just record them and then transfer them to a journal. It'll make it easy to go back and you know Mm -hmm. I think that there's patterns I've noticed in my life that there's patterns in my dreams when I'm going through certain things like the same types of dreams whether it is that you know I can't see or I'm flying or I'm falling or I'm in water you know and I just I've always had I have a dream interpretation app on my phone and I've used that for the last 10 years or so I'm always looking up dream symbols and I I find them to be really fascinating so I have a dream I had the other night I'd like to tell you when we get to that. So. <laughs> sure, sure. And, and like I said, uh, um, you know, I'll try my best, but sometimes you, I can't, like, uh, on command, sometimes I just draw a blank. It's just but, an interpretation. You know, I think everybody understands that. It's We talk about yeah. discernment, and we want everyone to use their discernment, you know, exactly. interpreting their dreams. Like, if it means something to you, take it, and if it doesn't, then don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, though, with all of us, <laughs> having dreams means we're all getting older. It says your sons and daughters will prophesy and see visions, and your old men will dream. So if you get a lot of dreams. Well, that makes me feel great, Jim. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jim. It says that in Acts chapter 2, where it talks about, you know, that the uh, spirit of God be poured out on everybody and everybody. Everybody will prophesy, see visions and dreams, and uh, it all comes from the same source like that, the revelatory source. Hey, Jim, have you and, ever uh, – I'm sorry to cut you off. Have you ever had a dream in your own personal life that that spoke to you and, and perhaps even directed you uh, and made a big impact oh, in your yeah. life? Yeah, let me see. Let's a good one to share. All right. I'll let you guys do – I'll do this other way around and see what you guys interpret this oh, is, right? this is – fun okay okay no i mean i've had thousands of dreams i really have but in the only ones i remember the important ones you know what i mean uh because a lot of times like when i'm working out here in my shop and stuff right i think i said this on the last episode i've seen the sun rise and fall five times before i need any sleep when i'm really on to something because i'm daydreaming i'm visualization during the day and i think that's almost like dreaming or something because it when I see a vision in my mind, it like energizes me and I don't need sleep because uh, I want to build the thing, you know, and stop it. One time I went to this um, this business meeting in Florida from Iowa. I left here with one hundred and twenty two dollars. OK, this is a dream. No, this is real life. I'm telling you that this setup is a dream. Oh, OK. Gotcha. So, Sorry. My bad. And no, no, it's fine. I'd be thinking too. But so like uh, I left here in Iowa with like $122 and a tank full of gas to start with. And I went to this Christian businessmen's conference. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I here for? All these guys are rich. And I, I've blown in. I went broke after 9-11 and lost my millions and, you know, didn't have a lot. And I was in an old Escort that was like 20 years old to start with and bald tires. <laughs> And I got down there with like, um, I don't know, I had like $22 left or something. And 
this man was preaching there, and I heard a voice say, go all in and put all your money in the offering. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're really supposed to do Anyway, so, so I did, and I felt peace about it when I, when I put the $21, $22 in the basket. And then within an hour or two, though, people were handing me money. And then stuff was selling on eBay. And I actually come back to Iowa with $950. <laughs> okay? So I had to be all in. And my last $21 or $22 had that. But So I was driving back home, and I didn't have enough money for a motel or anything, right? So I just slept in a rest area by Birmingham on my way north from Pensacola or Sam Walton Beach, Florida. Destin, Florida, up that way is where I was. And... Um, so as I'm sleeping at night, all, all at once, I'm in this dream where I was at a business meeting, almost like that, but it was different, like a banquet meeting and stuff. And, and, and I'm looking at everybody, too, and they're all dressed up nice, and I'm in old ragged clothes. And actually, I had no money in this dream because I, I had to buy a ticket to go there, and that took my last dollar, my actual last physical dollar. So I'm saying, ha ha, God, now I can't do anything for you. I guess you're done with me. And I don't need to worry about you helping me because I'm broke. I don't have no more money, no more resources, no more anything, right? So in this dream, though, the master of ceremony said, you, come forward to me, he was saying. So I went forward, and he was like at a podium, and I'm standing in front of it. And he says, God's seen your trials, your faith, and and." what you gave and you're all in and you have no money. But I'm here tonight to take up an offering for you. And this offering will never end. It will be never ending offering. And then there are seven doors that open. Okay. And then seven lines of people as far as you could see. And they started handing me cash. There was no checks, no credit cards, no anything, just us currency. And then there were seven piles of money that were seven feet tall by seven feet wide and, and stuff. So seven pillars of money. And when they counted it the first time, there was $1,750,000 in cash. And then they cleared that out and it filled up again faster and then faster and then faster. And then so like the money wouldn't end, the people were coming from every direction. And then, then I started crying, actually, in this dream because it was so so profound because I was in such a dry spot, and I couldn't believe it. But the, the thing that was different about this is every other money source I've had, there's always been conditions, covenants. Uh, you know, you can only use this for this if you got a loan from a bank or covenants with the loans. Or um, if I had somebody buy stock, it was still a covenant because that had to go for what I said it was going for. But this money I could use forever I wanted, Okay. And then, then I'm just awestruck with all this. So I was prophesied to in a dream, and that's sort of rare. Inside a dream and all that, heard the voice of God inside this dream too, and the prophecy and all that, and then all that. And then the dream switched to like two years later. There was a man back here I know that him and his wife fall into crack cocaine use after they were sort of on the right track for a couple of years. And well, in his dream, I invested some of my money into his life, and then he quit using drugs again. And then he was at this meeting three years later testifying about how my investment in his life changed him. And then I woke up. 
I I I don't think that needs to be interpreted. <laughs> I think that's just like your future. <laughs> I mean, I've had dreams where I've been, you know, like I've either won a lottery ticket or something, but not like that kind of money though. What do you think the sevens? Yeah, think, let's go over mean. the sevens because that's a very profound part. I think Lisa would agree as well. Uh, yeah, uh, it's God's number, of course. It's God's number, of course. You know, the last four, my license plate number, or I mean, my driver's license number in Iowa, it's got like three numbers, then two letters, and the last four are, are numbers again. Mine is seven, 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 seven. Interesting. Nice. Of course well, it is. Random. Random, right? I mean, I didn't choose to ask for it, but that ended up my number being um, uh, 7777 at the end of it. So it's all sevens. And, well, sevens completion in the Bible. There's seven spirits of God. There's seven whatevers and whatevers. It just goes on 777, right? The ceiling in Revelation chapter 7 is about that, the 777 thing. And Curtis 666 and Alistair Crowley and all that stuff. So... But there's seven continents on the world. There ain't much business activity I know in Antarctica, but still. So maybe it's meaning that and people coming from every direction, meaning they were probably buying something from it. Or, and it was so big that it couldn't be stopped then and everything was that way, I think. Well, but that's, uh, um, yeah. Sorry, according to Joanne um, Sacred Scribes, Angel number 77 indicates that you are being congratulated and your efforts have been well noted by the angelic and spiritual realms. You are on the right life path and are living and serving your divine life purpose as guided. Due to your efforts, discernment, and good choices, your just rewards are on the way into your life. Interesting. Yeah. Very. Wow. (laughs) Spot on, isn't it? No, looking back on it, I'm seeing it. But, oh, I should say this dream happened 14 years ago. Two times seven. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> That's seven years hey, plus seven years. Let's go with that. January 17th of 2003. Interesting. I know the date because it was the weekend of Martin Luther King Day, which was the 19th that year. Right. Well, that's an, also an interesting day to have the dream, I think. I have a dream. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, neither did I. Yes. <laughs> little on point. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh, seven, 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 I guess a good number for me then. Anything, Lisa. But now we're ready to move into that maybe. Maybe that was all this other stuff, all the different 10,000 inventions I'm going to have. Maybe. <laughs> Or maybe a seven car companies that'll be buying into your future. <laughs> yeah, knows? that could be. That could be. <laughs> any, Lisa, you have any thoughts? Um, no, I think that you guys pretty much covered it with the seven and all. Well, we just know that Jim's going to okay. be rich, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your your stories are so detailed, and I it. You can't make it up. Yeah, no, you can't. You just can't make it up. You really can't. I think Michael, uh-huh. you, you, and I had a conversation about that. Like, either you're the most incredible liar in the world, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, and, and, would, and know how to keep all your stories straight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would, 
I wouldn't be getting electric cars. I'd just steal it from people. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, Jim, when you interpret yeah. even your own dreams or other people's dreams, do you have like a methodology to it? Or is it more just like what you're inspired to believe when you hear people's dreams? Yeah, yeah that's it. I just get inspiration again from the spirit world, I think. I gotcha. And then that's. You know, like, there's all kinds of methodology, you know, like, uh, well, like a cat, like in Nicole's dream that I, that we talked about months back. Remember? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a sign of femininity. It's a woman. Cats are usually. And the eyes tell you that you can see pretty good in darkness and stuff. And you're going to be able to see around your situations. Um, For anyone who's listening in, sometimes there are dreams that really just they're like your subconscious kind of playing out maybe something that just happened the, the day before or recently in your life. And you know that it was influenced maybe by a TV show you watched before bed or something like that. But then there's dreams that are very vivid and you feel like you're actually living them out. And oh. I feel like there are messages that our higher self is trying to communicate to us so that we are better informed in our waking world. Lisa, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Well, there's, oh, I, I, aren't there like five I, I think, dreams? Like lucid dreams are, I think, what you're talking about. Like when you're lucid dreaming, that's more, like you said, like you're really playing something out when it's really vivid like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had all sorts of different types of dreams. I mean, I've had dreams where I feel like I'm traveling through space or a wormhole or something, and I wake up and I feel like I actually was <laughs> there. You know, and then there's other times I just have dreams that are they're really vivid, but there's such deep messages in them that I know that whether it be that I was healing a relationship, maybe it's something between me and um, an old friend or an ex-spouse or boyfriend or something that I felt like something was really transpiring between our higher selves and that it was real. What was happening was real. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I believe that we, um, that we can actually do things in our dreams. Um, that are real like okay jim what are your thoughts on parallel universes huh. they exist they exist I, yeah yeah we're living in two and one anyway all, all the time Ooh, can you elaborate on that well i think we are just like the spiritual and the natural world right here you know, like who was it the police or um Years back said, we are spirits in the material world. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. That's what this plane is. But also at the same time, you're in the spiritual world and the same plane is our physical one. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. No, so- but, but that's, that's what it is. Again, I think that, like I call it the slipstream, you know? But there's things out there that you can just reach up and get. And it's knowledge. It's truth. It's stuff we don't know yet even. And I think that's what our dreams go to sometimes. And, and also, I think dreams are a lot of times a way that we can hear things because we're too busy during the day, more or less. 
too busy to pick up on the intuition to, of what's going on. But when you're dreaming, then it helps you um, to see what's really going on because you're, you're at a slower pace or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, or that's what a lot, a lot of warning dreams are that way. Well, should we get into some of the dreams then and see what you have to say? Sure. Let's just try one. And try the easiest one. Don't try the one in the wheelchair like the one time <laughs> I told you about, please. Well, you know what? You didn't do so bad in that one, so I wouldn't be so worried. Um, no, I, I'm not. And like I said, it's all in the, the giver, the knowledge to me, and, okay. and, you know, that's, that's what I think it is, too. Um, okay. I can only interpret or do what I'm told. Okay, so um, let's start off with this one. We got this one in. Uh, and his name is Graven. And, uh, so he's a father of two daughters and in his dream, he saw his eldest daughter and she was, um, complaining of itchiness at one of her nostrils. And there was like, uh, when he looked at her nose, there was like a small skin hanging out of her nostril. So he pulled on it and it kept coming out and out and it was longer and longer and eventually as he kept pulling it a green grasshopper like bug with really thick big legs almost bigger than the actual bug's body um plus plus the body had a very hard shell he said because he was trying to kill it and was very hard so he pulls this out of her nose and so that was kind of his dream but in actual waking life she actually has a small rash there on her nostril and oh wow it's like a burn kind of scabbish thing so he's just wondering what's going on because i will say this she is you know children they're very tuned in to things they're still very connected to the spiritual world because they haven't gone through all the programming of fear and all that that we go through later in yeah. life um she has been able to predict things of happening to her father and two days later it comes true so she's very connected in in waking life so he was wondering if there's something he needs to be concerned about from that dream so i'm gonna leave it over to you now uh, okay would you i hate to ask this right no there's so much detail there Could you read it one more time okay just not the background of the girl but just the dream itself yeah okay okay so she complained of itchiness at her nose and there was a small skin hanging out of her nostrils so he pulled on it and it kept coming out and out and then eventually a green grasshopper like bug with big thick legs bigger than the body almost with a very hard body shell was pulled out and he tried to kill it but it was very hard to kill okay okay and uh, was it left or right sided or did he say um, you know what? I don't know. You didn't right. say. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hard shell. Kept pulling and pulling and pulling. I saw that. And as you were saying that, it was sort of like, uh, like the alien thing or something. Like the root just kept coming and coming and coming. And then the bug come out, right? Yes. So the, the bug is well embedded in her. Uh, Hard shelled and all, hard to get to, huh? With their nose, it's a sense. So maybe it's sort of, um, you know, her perception. 
and stuff. Or like her intuition or whatever you want to call it. It's something to do with that, I think. Like you got bruised somehow and then something got in there. And it started with a simple rash, though, that went deep. That's the major thing there. That's, yeah. Huh. Do you get an, an initial positive or negative feeling from the dream? Negative. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. It's, um, wow. Okay. Is the girl's mother intuitive, too? Um, I'm not sure. Doesn't say. Oh, no, no, I get But something deep down then came out, see? And it wasn't good, but it needed to be removed for her to really, to really be able to have her own intuition and stuff, I'm thinking, see? Because it started off as a rash on one of her senses, but it went way deep like that. So it's been around for a long time, and there's a root of something there that, I don't know. I don't know what it is, actually. But I don't get a good feeling about it. But I don't get a, oh, my God, I got to do something right now about it, though, neither. See? That's, uh, yeah. You know uh -huh. what? Yeah, you know what it made me think of um, is, you remember the movie The Matrix? Uh, Have you ever seen that with years Tanner ago. Reeves? Yeah. And how they would implant things into, like, their stomach. And when they went to go yeah. pull it out and they had to suction cup it out. Like uh, like a bug, like literally pulling the bug out. It was like a it was a computer um, type device to track him. I, I don't know. It, it just reminded me of that movie. Well, you, you know, as you're talking there, one thing I'm getting maybe is like she said, it scares him because two or three days later something will happen with what she says, right? Yeah. That it's got to be removed because it's like she's only seeing the negative side of stuff intuition wise. You know, and when that comes out, she's going to come into herself and see the world for both sides compared to just the bad side of it. Yeah, because you know what happened <laughs> is um, is that she, two days, this is two days before something happened, she looked at her dad and she told him that um, something was wrong with his face, that something was going to happen to his face and that he was going to be hurt. Yeah. And he said, no, I, he goes, I, daddy's fine. Don't worry. And two days later, he got Bell's palsy on one side of his face. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's like, he, like you know, that's a pretty strong prediction. Um, it's not like people get Bell's palsy every day. Uh, so um, I think that's where right. the, the concern is. Um, yeah, maybe that's all it is, though, is that she's just seeing the negative side of stuff and doesn't doesn't realize how much words can matter. Okay. You know? But that's that's what I'm maybe getting for. But once that thing gets pulled out of her, then maybe she'll just see the good stuff and stuff. You know what I mean? Because the hard shell, it means something is like... I, I get the hard shell and the grasshopper is, is something like that. Uh, you know, in the grasshopper in the Bible, it means like decay, mm -hmm. um, like taken locusts. away from, you know, um, like when the locusts and grasshoppers would ruin the wheat fields, right? Right. So, so I think it's an evil spirit that's sent there to cause problems. Mm -hmm.
That's what he it, feels. That's what he's his. I think his first intuitive hit was. It, it, that, that grasshopper being so hard to pull out is like a spirit of infirmity that showed up in their life. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, very interesting. I think that's pretty good. But it's going to take a lot, though, again, because of the pulling out and pulling out and pulling out to see where the root of that came in. Yeah. You know, because I believe that there are spirits of infirmity. Well, like that lady in the wheelchair, you know, she was able to get up and un unbind herself. And but that had a legal way in. See, that's why it's so hard shelled and so deep there, because it had a, it has some legal doorway to be there. And it's almost like hidden from people of what it is because of the hard shell portion. But when they find out what that is, then maybe he'll be free of his stuff, too. Okay. All right. At, but that's all I'm getting for that. The more I'm sitting here thinking of it is, you know, that it wasn't it wasn't sent by God, though. No, it didn't feel right. No. Um, okay, Lisa, you had a dream, right, that you wanted to share? Yeah, I have one. Okay. Okay. So this was just the other night. I dreamt that um, there was these bad people that were trying to control everyone, and okay. they spread like a, it was like a net, but it was like made out of hard wire, like over this village. So we were kind of like in a tent, and right. they, they were killing um, women and babies, and it was kind of like a concentration camp. Okay. And one of the leaders told me that um, I could be free if I gave him some information about the girls that were trying to break out. So I started okay. watching these women to get more information about them. And I saw them going into this um, bathroom and they were all changing into red clothing. And they were putting on these red tops. And then they went to the entrance of the tent and talked to the, the lady that was kind of by the door and said, you know, now that they had red on, they were supposed to be let go, which didn't work. She didn't go for that. So then um, there were some other girls I was watching them and they were going back into this bathroom and as if they had just been in some contest and they were talking about the scores that they just got like, oh yeah, I got a 3.2 and I got a five. And I was just sitting there observing them and then I followed them into the bathroom um, and three of the girls were talking about you know, trying to escape or whatever, and they had this device that they hid in the bathroom. And when they left, okay. I grabbed the device. And okay. I went out to talk to the, the guy in charge and I, you know, to tell him what I had found. And there was like, you know, a crowd of people. It was a tent with lots of people under it. And sure. I, I didn't want to tell him in front. I wanted it to be hush hush. Um, right. And so he started talking loudly to me about it. And I was like, people can hear us. Like, and he said, well, let's just talk about um, Alex and Tony, who are my, I have two sons. And he okay. said, let's, let's talk about them for a minute. Remember when they were at my house? And he's like, do you know where they are now? As if they were hiding and he was trying to get information because they weren't in this camp. And I told him, oh. I don't, I don't want to talk about my kids. I'm not talking about my kids. I have the, right. I said, I have the information that you want. It was a girl, she had red hair, and I had this device that I had taken from the bathroom hidden in my pocket, the one right. that the girls had hidden, and I was worried he was going to see it, so I just wanted to kind of hurry up, 
and he called across the camp to some girl with red hair and said, do you know another girl with red hair? And I was thinking, oh my gosh, he is going to just throw me under the bus. Like, I, you know, I thought we had a deal, but obviously we don't have a deal. And he's just announcing to the whole camp, basically, that I'm ratting out these girls. And then I wow. felt the device kind of slip in my pants. Like, I thought he was going to see it. And I just knew I was in trouble. And he, his eyes went right to my leg, to the device, and then I woke up. Ha! I didn't get to see the end of the dream. Maybe he killed me. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the, the dream, isn't it? Now, what color red? Maroon, scarlet, or fire engine? Um, or orange? I would say more scarlet. Okay. So the girls went in the bathroom, they come out in scarlet clothes thinking they're going to be released, right? Right. Hmm. But the lady knew they weren't scarlet, really, and there was something else, right? Yeah, she wasn't going to let them out. Yeah. And then, again, go, what was the device look like that you could escape it all? What did you do if you press that or whatever? What would happen then? It was just like a square, like, sort of box. It didn't really mean anything to me, like... Like maybe a, a small like green metal box, like Okay. And then but if you would have pushed that you would have been free? Uh that's what I thought that they were using that. That was their ticket to freedom. They had hidden it. And so I I was gonna I I'm not sure. I didn't really give a lot of thought to, to that in my dream. Yeah. Yeah. So you were then wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But the guy wanted to know about your two sons. Yeah, he wanted to know where my kids were. It was because mm. they, I, everybody was in this camp, you know, and but they weren't there. Or where you lived, everybody that you knew was in that camp? Like yeah, then? like the whole town, just ev everyone was captured. Mm. And what the, what the, what the man look like? I don't know. I don't really remember oh. ever seeing him. Like, it's not vivid at all. Okay. So, like, when he was talking to you and you wanted to be hush-hush, you don't remember what he looked like? Just a man? Yeah, okay. just a man. I don't know. I, you know what? I think this dream is about human trafficking. Actually. The scarlet prostitution. You know, like the scarlet letter in the yeah. pilgrim days? Okay, yeah. but you would none of it, and you really didn't want to get them in trouble, and you really didn't want to, you know, know that they knew that you knew. But that's what I think the bathroom represents too, changing into that outfit, that kind of thing, and that they thought that they did what they were supposed to that way, like the other people that were doing it, that they'd be let out as well. I think it's really a subconscious stand against human trafficking. They wanted the next generation. That's why they wanted your kids. That's interesting. That you wouldn't give up, you know? And if you would have been on their side, you wouldn't have been in the cage. You know, because you, you had to make like a conscious choice. And that's, that's what I think it, it deals with. It deals sexually. Like, again, human tra trafficking is what I'm getting at out of the thing um 
But since you were opposed to it, like it wanted to keep you caged up so you couldn't fight against it, right? But that's why I think it wanted to know where your sons were so they could get them against you too or something or uh, something like that. See, the next generation. Interesting. That's what I think maybe it could be. Um, That's the first impression I got when they were in the tent and the girls tried to change into Scarlet to try to leave like the other ones that could. And, yeah, that's what I really think it means, something like that. Cool. Well, thank you. Do you think, how's that resonate with you? Do you think maybe it might be about that or do you think it's something else or? Well, I, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure why I would be thinking about human trafficking other than knowing you and what it is that you're working well, on. It's about like the next generation. Like, cause these girls were younger than you, right? Or were they yeah. your age and our age as well? No, they were younger. Right. Making a choice on sex, doing stuff like that, what they were going to cave in and do that maybe maybe that's what it represents too you know and that's probably one to know where your sons were so they could trap them as well yeah i mean definitely one of my goals in this life is to help children and i can't imagine any better way than what you you know you talk about yeah, yeah. So. but I, the scarlet thing does it for me because you know i just keep thinking of that film with uh Demi Moore and, and, you know, the Pilgrim era mm. and um, the Scarlet Letter. That's all. That's what made me think of that right away, that it was something to do with, uh, uh, you know, in the Pilgrim era, that was like the worst thing a woman could be, I suppose. So, so it must be something like that. You know, and you're, was it the metal? How thick was that, you think? The metal what? Uh, around the tent. Around you, was that like um, like it was uh, like a, You know how like the television show Mash, like how they have those yeah. tents that um, but yeah, it's like net, it's like netting, like netting that you kind yeah. of throw something. It was like that, but it was I felt like it was made out of metal. It was really like you couldn't have cut it, but it was open. Oh. It wasn't you could see through it. The lady in the dream. That wouldn't let the scarlet women leave. Was she at the entrance of the tent, Mike? Then? Yes. She was at the entrance. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that that's what I sort of get with that. It, it does something to do with the next generation and freedom and 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 how they try to keep you inside their own thing. Yeah. Um, and prevented you from really leaving. So you couldn't prevent them from doing what they were doing. Like, like they, it's almost like a choice. See, that's what I get with this thing. If you would have made the choice of siding with them, then you would be let go. But since you're not siding with them, they're using everything in their power to try to stop you too. Well, that I think makes a little bit of sense considering what Lisa and I have been talking about lately. (laughs) Oh, um, okay. which, yeah, just some stuff that's been happening that um, we don't need to go into. But like, I think, you know, that kind of makes sense to me, Lisa. I don't know if you see that. Yeah, it does. It makes sense to me. Okay, Jim, we've got another one. Uh, this dream is from Sabrina. And this is what her uh, email says. A friend of mine had a dream about me. He was going to an event like a concert. 
There were girls wearing short skirts, cowboy boots, and had drinks in their hand. He then sees me. I turn towards him. He sees the skirt that I'm wearing. Everything becomes slow motion, almost Matrix style. He looks down my legs and he sees every detail, hair, skin, freckles, everything going down my leg. It was hyper real to him. Then he sees three talons of a bird's foot animation style coming out of her calves. Then it got sucked back in. It was really quick, like he was not supposed to see it happen. Then she turned around and walked off. He got the impression that she was something else, not human. He felt like he wasn't supposed to see her like that. He rarely remembers his dreams, and this really affected him, so he told her about it. So three talons of a bird's paw, but not the rest of the bird? Just sort of like seeing a hand on a wall? Yeah, exactly. Came out of her calves. So he went to a concert. Everybody else, was her skirt full length then? Or was she dressed like the other women? Yeah, she was dressed like the other women. With short skirts and stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh. And this was about her? Yes. Ooh, geez. Thanks. Okay. Uh, hmm. But he had the dream. Yeah, Just he thought, had the dream. Okay. And he told her about it because it was so hyper real to him. Hmm. Yeah, because it wasn't her, really. It wasn't her anyway. You know that? He's right about that part. Like, it wasn't a real person. It wasn't her. Oh, really? No. No, no. I'm getting this all right now. I'm thinking, Yokanda lost. She could. Um, It's like she represents to him what the woman in the dream did. It wasn't her. But it was like he's seen all of her flaws and good sides, right? Yeah. And the Talon going back into her calf means that, um, well, basically birds of prey have talons, right? Yeah. And they, they're predators, right? And so that went into her. It's like he's like magically drawn to her. But maybe it ain't supposed to be because he's going to feel trapped. So you're saying it's not anything about this girl, Sabrina, but that in his dream, whoever this negative thing is, it kind of like used her to get to him as a, like, it's a predator that used her body and what he knows is a safe person. um, It's it's like, like his trapping in life. Do you know what I mean? Sort of like, uh, like she'd be the ideal woman that he'd want, you know, the short skirts, the drinking, the partying, and that kind of stuff. But the, but it's gonna it's like that kind of lifestyle or that kind of person entraps him, sort of, or the where he feels that way because it's really not what he wants. He wants something different. Oh, I see that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That one coming out of the leg and low leg, the calf part. You know, it's like something's got a hold of her already. That. She's that kind of girl, not this girl herself, but what he's he's really attracted to. But what he really wants is probably the girl with the long skirt and the one that's more, I don't know what right word to use here, but, you know, maybe more wholesome kind of thing is really what he wants. But the trappings of his eye are going to make him want that anyway. 
Okay, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense to me, Michael. I'd go with it. But it, I don't think it means I, I mean, to I, do I, with if it's her, anything but... I learned about girls in short skirts, yeah, it's not a good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Lord. I think that's what it is because everybody is. He was seeing her in fine detail. You know what I mean? And to see the hair on her legs, I don't know. Maybe she don't shave, but <laughs> but uh, I don't know, right? Like some Europeans that I know. Or maybe just like but the it, peach fuzz. You know how like some girls have like that peach fuzz kind of thing. Maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. But he saw it all in hyper detail all the way from her skirt. I, I, he might have just liked yeah. what he saw until the talons. And then that's what shocked him back into reality of, oh, wait, this yeah, is not. Yeah, it's like she was going to, whoever this girl was wanted to trap him. Yeah. And he, he got the fear that it's not, it's he, not what he wants. Tell him. Yeah, it makes me think not of a free bird, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, it's not a songbird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he was worried about being married to you, probably. Yeah. Stuff like that. Okay, all right. It's on to that. Could have used thinking. that dream a long time ago. All right, that sounds pretty good. So, um, Michael okay. has a dream for you, and none of us have okay. heard it yet, so. This one is, well, first of all, I dream... A lot of times about apocalyptical times and I die a lot in my dreams uh, over, <laughs> over my life. It's always fun. Yeah. I, I die, it's it's your, your cliche, I die and wake up in a cold sweat. And, um, yeah. and so this was one of those dreams uh, where it started off with myself as a soldier in a, a very post-apocalyptical world where, you know, buildings were all demolished and we were like in a more of a dry, desertly area and we were rolling around. And when I say we, I'm just, uh, you know, other soldiers that I didn't really have any kind of connection to in my mind. But we were rolling right. around in tanks and we stopped at this uh, busted up building. And then, and forgive me, my dreams are, you know, hit or miss when it comes to the details. So somehow I got out of the tank and was in the in a secret bunker that was below all the, the busted up uh, building. And in the secret okay. bunker was it was just shelving with boxes of files. And it had this weird, like futuristic lights that I've never seen before in my entire life. And have no idea how my mind would concept what it, what it was. Uh, but I just remember looking at these lights going, this is not from this world in my, in, in my mind. And so I'm looking around and I notice there's a drain on the bottom of the floor. Like a drain like, okay. if you, like for just water. And I open yeah. up the drain and I pull out this uh, long chain uh, that at the end had this rabbit's foot that was covered in kind of soot or, or mud. And it, okay. it was kind of hard to pull out. So I finally yanked it out of the drain. And then I'm like going, okay. looking at this rabbit's foot, thinking, hmm, what is this? What's this for? All of a sudden, I realized I let in a very toxic gas that was closing my throat. And I was having a hard time being able to breathe. And I realized then I'm going to die for sure. And that I've killed everybody else that was in the room with me because I pulled this rabbit's foot out. And the very last right. thing I saw before I woke up, before I died or whatever, I woke up. I looked down at my hands and my, and my arm. 
and I saw my skin burning away like you would like when you light a book of matches, it, it just burns yeah. away. And below my skin was this emerald green, like just dark emerald green color. And then I died or woke up. Huh. Wow. <laughs> That's an intense dream. It was, it was one of those dreams. And I woke up and it was the morning time when I woke up like around 5.30 in the morning. And I m made sure that I just recited that dream in my mind because I knew we were going to do the show. And, uh, yep. and, and this was shortly after uh, Nikki told me we were doing the show. And so I'm like, this would be an interesting dream just to, just to see. Uh, now, I get a yeah. lot of dreams, like Nikki was saying earlier, I get a lot of dreams where, you know, I think it's just from the day before, random thoughts, and, you know, a, a person that I saw on Facebook that I haven't seen for a while all of a sudden is in my dream the following night, you know, those things. But this one just felt different to me. And it's 4.44, or it was, by the way. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Or four four. <laughs> I don't know why I get the feeling when that. How, how big round was the chain you were pulling? Uh, it was probably something a, a long enough chain. Like okay, so it was the type of chain that you like. Round wise, like, yeah, like it was like. Um, it was a type of chain that you would pull to to your ceiling fan. It's that type of chain, and so it was. Oh, that's, that's small. Yeah. Okay. So as long, but it was long enough to maybe I could wear it around my neck. Ah. Huh. But I never ever think of rabbit's feet or rabbit's foot. I know what they are when our childhood, like lucky rabbit's foot. But obviously, this one yeah. doesn't seem that lucky. Oh no! It's like your luck ran out, man. Oh, yeah. There we go. And it oh, was true. I, I mean, I died. <laughs> No, but the emerald part's good for you. <laughs> Do tell. All right. Like in your life, for instance, right? You've been wandering around in the desert. So I don't even know how old you are, but I'm here for about 18 to 20 years, just running around in the desert. Uh -huh. You know, like in a wasteland, like you're saying, yeah. right? Like, uh, not sure what you're going to do. Not sure of all this. That room was filled with files. It was the files of your life and every other person here because that was a spiritual dimension that you went into. Mm -hmm. And that, this one I'm getting, see, maybe it's for you. I don't know. But, but so, like, you were in a place where, again, the lights were so different than here. You didn't even know how they were working. Right. But they were. Correct? Right. Okay. And... And what color were they? White light, or was it like? Uh, it was white. Uh, it was like white light, but it was like a diffused white light where it was in front of the file boxes, but somehow behind the boxes were lit too, from this light. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then files represent your life and other people's lives, and uh, like then things was watching you. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why it was below wasteland. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the lucky part was the. Lucky that you're going to get more things, actually. It looked like a death, and it was a death to your body, okay? Mm -hmm. Meaning that flesh got burnt off, and what was underneath it was emerald green. And mm -hmm. it talks about that being in heaven. Emerald green is my favorite color, by the way. <laughs> okay? And remember the things with the lightland I talked about, the bolts of lightland were emerald green? Yeah. That means yeah. below the surface, when all the stuff of the world gets burnt out of you, that... 
then you're going to walk into the stuff you're supposed to be walking in, I think. Hmm. Okay? That's my interpretation of it, that, like, like that you're going to just, like, die to self and die to flesh and stuff. Not literally, okay? Right. But well, eventually. <laughs> no, you're not going to die. No way. <laughs> but, but the things that have been, I don't know, things that have been holding on to you that you can't grasp and can't walk through quite right are going to, like, that's going to burn off you. And then the... The true stuff, the true meaning behind stuff is going to just start, you just know it. Very like, cool. I know stuff. I can, I, you just know. I, I feel good about that. That's that's good. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that one was yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> we should start off with me. <laughs> yeah. Not, not better. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's really what I get of it, you know, because am I right on that, sir? Has your life sort of been that way to where oh, yeah. it's like, like like a wasteland or like a desert experience. You're not quite sure what to do here or here or here. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. I like it. I Go like on. that. I, that makes sense to me knowing what Michael's been going through and just that makes total sense. I was, makes- I, I was kind of nervous about the why it was green underneath my skin. Uh, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you... <laughs> I'm glad you see it the way you see it. It makes me feel better. You're not a reptilian? I'm not a reptilian, yeah. no. <laughs> You're not a reptilian. No, no. You didn't know scales on an emerald green. No, one. no. It was like more like it was literally like it was made out of, of a dark uh, dark emeralds. Well, I think it polished up. I think it's like going through the fire did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sort of like soot on something. It's not really into the emerald. It's right, right. So it might be just pure emerald. Is, is 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 after my flesh burned away. Yeah, there you are. That's that's what I'm. All really right, it's my new one. favorite color too. <laughs> is it your favorite color as well? Pardon me. What say your favorite color? I said it's going to be now my favorite color. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, Jim, I this is actually, at least I don't know if you remember you telling me this, but I was wondering if you, this just came to me, if you might be able to interpret this dream that Lisa had about me. Uh, okay. Lisa, do you want to tell it? I don't know if you can remember, but where you, I was on a highway driving and there were black trucks coming up behind me. I don't remember that. You don't remember the like the eighteen wheeler black trucks that were chasing me down a highway, and then I got like one hit me, and I my car the car kind of went on fire, and it was completely crushed. Oh yeah, I I remember. Um, yeah, so this truck hit her. She was in a black car, and I was standing like across the street watching it happen, and I was like, oh my gosh that truck's going to hit her car and it totally smashed her car. And I looked across the street and I could see the car was crushed. But when I looked, I just saw Nicole's eyes and they were (laughs) open. And so I knew that she was okay. And what I was thinking was, boy, I should be freaking out because she just got crushed by a car, but I'm not worried at all. I know that she's totally fine. And I was just like, I don't remember the end. Um, yeah, you were worried about like clothing for some reason. <laughs> yes. Something was in my pocket. Like I had a sweatshirt on with the, the big pocket in the front 
And okay. I was more thinking about what was in my pocket. I can't remember what it is now. And I just, I just wasn't worried about Nicole at all, even though she had just been crushed by a car. But I knew she was okay. It was like one of those black 18-wheeler trucks, like right? Like one of those. Well, your was all black as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is there only one truck or two? You said or multiples? Uh, I think I remember you telling me there were three. But okay, one, I don't but, remember for some reason. Yeah, but one hit me. It wasn't all three, but there were three kind of chasing me. In a comp. Okay. They're all three chasing you, but the lead truck did you in. I think okay. so. I think so. What kind of no. industry is shutting you down? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and it, it was uh, black as well? All, all the trucks are black and your car was black? black. Mm -hmm. Like dark energies. Like I, The way I interpreted that dream yeah, Okay. Okay. The weren't gonna get her. <laughs> you on a two-lane road? Uh, yeah, two-lane road. Okay. And um, do you remember what direction you're heading? North, south, east, or west? I could. I don't know. Well, it was horizontal to me. Yeah. No, I get you, but you know what I mean. Okay. I don't. Okay. Know. And it was in town then. Or are you just alongside the road? Uh, it, it wasn't a busy part of town. Um, okay. More of a rural road, and I was standing on the opposite side watching. Do you know what the speed limit was? No. Okay, no big deal. Yeah. <coughs> uh, so, Nick. Cole was all right. She opened up her eyes. She was talking to you. You just seen that she was alive. I just saw that her eyes were open. She was looking right at me. Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, an 18 wheeler is a big vehicle. Right? Right. I mean, no matter which way you figure about it, right? And three of them. That's quite a bit of stuff coming at you. <laughs> and you're in this little car, and the little car is completely destroyed then? Non-drivable, yeah, right? It was just like a sedan-sized car, like like a Mustang, like a night, like a fast car, a black oh, okay. car. Hmm. Wow. And then it ended right then? So after you seen her eyes were open, that was the end of it pretty much? No, there was something I, I'm really fuzzy on. I just, the last part of the dream had something to do with something that was in my pocket or having clothes. I, oh, I think prior to that, I was looking for my clothes. I didn't have, that's what it was. I didn't have my clothes on. I was looking. Oh. <laughs> and I was looking. The accident, huh? After the accident happened and I was walking across the street, I put my hands in my pocket and that's when I realized, oh, I have my clothes on. Oh, okay. Where I didn't have them on before that. I was looking for them. Huh. Mm -hmm. Lisa likes to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, like... I'm, maybe on. that was the distraction to the truck driver. You get what I'm saying? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
a naked lady on the side of the road don't happen too often, I don't think. Anyway. Uh, I don't think I was standing naked on the side of the road. It was like just before that. I, I was looking for my clothes, and, and then as I was walking up, I saw the accident, and then I realized, oh, I have my clothes on now. That's yeah, no, I get Well, Nicole, I'm going to ask you this, right? Yes. The... And this may sound weird or whatever. No, I don't don't worry about that, Jim. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I don't know if this is in my mind or what I'm getting. See, that's what I'm trying to say. But have you in the past, like, say, three years, the six years, had, like, three different mentors, really, that were trying to help you? Oh. Three deceivers. You've had three. Yes, that's what I'm getting. But they, they like are walking similar to you and they think they have a lot more power and stuff. Right. But, but that's what I was like. Three different people have been trying to wipe you out. Blindside. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say you're, you're on a hot trail right now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And destroy what you're going to do later. Huh? But they can't get that's can't knock you off the side of the road they can't they can't kill you you're not you're gonna be okay yeah and i know it's like it's like what i said earlier with myself as long as i don't quit there's nothing i can do but in your situation it was like three people i don't know if they're mentors advisors people you confided with that were really jealous of you and had the wrong motives for your life and then it was deceitful because they were coming behind you and you're blindsided you from the back. And and it sort of wrecked you almost, right? Yeah. Right. And then and just like just like I'm seeing that, the wreck in an accident and all, right? Yeah. But it couldn't kill you. It sort of really slowed you down on what you want to do. Yeah. She's back now. She's back strong as ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And but in his dream, Lisa. getting there was something about that. Yeah, maybe it's because you showed up, Lisa, to kind of like, you know, help her get through this, any kind of deception in the past. That's why you had the dream, perhaps. Yeah. We stick together. I got <laughs> yeah, the I am. Um, this year alone um, was one of the most deceptive. Yeah, deceptive years I've ever had with people in my life. Um, okay. And so that... that- like people that mentored you almost but they were jealous of your yeah yeah I would say that okay three of them I have three in my mind right now I have three for you yeah yeah I guess that's interpretation of that one then huh okay wow yeah but that's what I've seen because again Long time back, I had a dream where a Hell's Angel in a Nova car came up behind me, and I had a, a white fifth wheel pickup and a fifth wheel trailer. Okay, and the the guy that was the true Hell's Angel in a Nova car tried um, tried to destroy me, and it hit my car or vehicle system at like 120. Completely destroyed his and everything that was man-made inside my pickup and fifth wheel and stuff was destroyed. Glass, wood, 
anything that was man-made was destroyed. And then the guy was being hauled away by a state trooper and arrested. And he was in handcuffs and still cursing at me from the car. Okay, a real hell's angel. And then uh, then I get a cell phone call where this voice said the insurance suggests would be out any minute and you're going to get five times what you lost. So I don't, but I was struck from behind, see? Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Because it, it snuck up on me and was deceitful compared to hitting me head on. You know what I mean? Or broadsided. Yeah. It was from the rear and it destroyed everything in that trailer. Yeah, then no, um, that makes complete sense because that's how I've felt for all of it. Like just completely blindsided. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah, like I really did not see any of it coming. Um and then when it hit me, it literally did kind of destroy me in a way I like not yeah, destroy me, but it really cold. it really took a lot out of me and it took me a while to um get back on my feet, I guess so to speak. Hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 being struck from behind just made me think of that. That it had to have been something like that. The three people really after you, and they're deceitful about it. And you know, I think it's something to do with like your giftings because they ain't got it, but they want it. I think so too. And 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 that's what I that's what I'm hearing. Okay, that they want what you have, but they were never given what you have, and they're jealous of you. And that's why they tried to destroy you. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little speechless right now. Um, but I mean, Lisa and Michael know everything. Um, okay. So. It makes it makes sense, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Huh. So that's. That was, that was fun. Yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> well, that was like really interesting, Jim. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Is there something like advice that you can give people if they want to like just some guidelines or suggestions if they are having dreams, like kind of things to look out for that will help them interpret their dreams? Probably to be able to know the difference, I suppose, from having too much pizza or sugar or something and having... A weird dream like that, and that would happen too again because of chemical imbalance in the brain and all that kind of stuff. Uh, or what is just like a like a regular dream kind of thing, I guess, versus a directional dream. And and um, you know, I don't know if this is the truth neither, but are you, I'm gonna ask this: Are most of your guys' dreams in actual color? Are they black and white? Oh, mine are always in color. Mine is in color. Oh, Lisa. Color, always color. Michael? Color. Okay. Okay. Are Have yours? you had a panographic dream to where, like, you're looking at a film screen? Oh. You're uh, a friend that had a TV. Thing. Oh, they, yeah, Lisa had something. My sister was telling me that she's been having these dreams where, well, she wakes up. And she said it's like there's a TV screen in front of her, but she's her yeah. eyes open, and she's been seeing things on these TV screens for a while, and she's had okay. a, a man standing at the end of her bed, and she doesn't have any idea what's going on. <laughs> okay. I tried to get her to call in, but she's been busy today. 
I had a Jim. I had a dream that was in cartoon. One time in my okay. life, like literally yeah, animation. Yeah, she heard cartoons sometimes too. Yeah. Cartoon. Uh, how old were you? Older oh, or younger? No, o- older. Like this was maybe in the last three or four years. I can't remember for the life of me what it was about, but I remember waking up going, "Wow, I've never had a dream where I was a cartoon or it was like watching a cartoon." Yeah. Huh. Maybe that dream that'd be just not a real one or not a directive. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was directive or it was just my brain keeping me entertained while I sleep. <laughs> well, well, because that's what you dream anyway, they say, because it's like on a computer, you got to defrag it every yeah. once in a while. Right. And that's what happens when you go into REM sleep. It re um, recalibrates your neurons. Right. Did we, did we really decide or talk about whether or not Jim believes that it's an actual alternate reality that you are sometimes dreams are actually real and not just symbols of things. Oh yeah. It's like the one where that guy was prophesying to me in the dream. That was real. It's like us two talking or us four talking. So you believe Um, then that it's like your, your spiritual self, your higher self, um, you know, connecting in a different world that is very real just because it's not on this physical plane doesn't mean it's not actually happening. Well, like, for instance, I think any directed dream, really, an angel or God gives it to you. God himself or an angel. Because it happens that way. Like, when you're in your night sleep and your REM sleep and stuff, it's like the spiritual dimension can come in because you're not blocking it with your mind. But it's like an angel puts your hand, a hand on your head and just downloads it to you. That's what I've seen. Okay. No. Yeah, and I can see I that because, like, the angel could be your higher self as well. Um, like, well, maybe I actually think it's again, angel means messenger. Yeah, yeah. So, like, God gave the message to give to me, but then also that time that I told you about, where I basically astral projected without being tethered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was like an angel stayed in my spirit or my body, so I wouldn't die because my spirit left my body. Or that's what I feel happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what Paul says when he's seen heaven too. He said he didn't know if he was in his body or out of his body, but it was so real. And so more glorious in this world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And But I, 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 that's what I think happened anyway. You know, I was asking that to Shonda too, Shonda. And she said that when she does this kind of stuff or leaves her body, that she's not tethered either. But I've heard all these, like... Uh, Hindu people and stuff tell me they're they're like uh, like tethered to like an extension cord or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know where that comes from, I guess. But but I think it's the same thing is is what I'm really saying. It's sort of like in that world, or when you're sleeping, I think you're more receptive to things your mind would block block that, during the yeah, day. Yeah, that you makes know? that makes total sense to me. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what I think some of it is 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 that that uh, that uh, your mind isn't there to block everything. That's why we don't have miracles in the first world countries really a lot because we don't think we need them and we think our mind and science and medicine will solve everything, right? But that's that's why I think it's that way too. That we that same logical mind blocks out everything of the creative side of us because we don't use that creative side. When that's we're interesting. Awake. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thanks so much, Jim, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, um, thank you to all our listeners, some of you who've sent in your dreams. Uh, We hope that that helps you in some way. And uh, that's, I think, about a wrap. Uh, Lisa, Michael, you guys have anything you need to say or want to finish off with? No, I don't. Thank you so much. It was fun. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is actually very great. This is oh, great, very, very cool. I mean, cool like in a very like learning, informative, informative. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I look forward to hearing even more in the future with you, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. That'll work all great. Okay. Great. Well, thanks so much, Jim, okay. and to all our listeners. Um, we uh, thank you for being here. If you need to uh, learn any more about us, you can go to our website, enlightenup.us. And if you have any questions or show topics that you'd like us to address, please send them into info at enlightenup.us. And of course, you can follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And stay tuned next week. We have a special guest, Maureen St. Germain, author of Awakening to 5D, joining us. So we're finally going to get our Ascension uh, podcast in, and it's going to be really informative. Maureen's really great at breaking down the different dimensions and uh, what it all means into a very relatable and simplistic uh, concept so it's easy to grasp. So we're really looking forward to having her on. But... um, Thanks so much, Jim. We love having you on. We wish you all the success with everything. You are such a light here on this planet, and I'm confident that you are going to be saving hundreds of thousands, if not millions of children. And, uh, you know, Michael and I believe that the whole human trafficking uh, problem is probably the greatest problem in the world. I believe that all all problems root from this problem. So um, we thank you so much for your efforts and your passion to see this through. So we encourage you and support you 100%. Thanks, Jim. Okay. All right, Jim. Bye. Bye. Had a good time. It was a good uh, exercise for me. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Talk to you all later. Yep. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.